everybody, and welcome back to a victory green hour as the Philadelphia Eagles are going into their bye week, having won over the New York Jets 33-18. to I was at the game, so we'll definitely talk about that as we review last week's game. And your rooting interest in this week, in this week 14 of the National Football League. I'm your host, Alji Harrell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, what's going on, man? Not much, man. I am. Uh, it's been nice having a week where you get to enjoy the stresses of other people and watching their football teams and being able to take a week, take a deep breath. And what's even better is I got to write a really good article that's going to drop tonight or tomorrow on the Fight Philly Fight Network about five moves that I would make at the end of the season to free up salary cap space. So that should be dropping. So shout out to our partners over at the Fight Philly Fight Network at FPF Network on Twitter, fightphillyfightnetwork.com. Be on the lookout for that article. Um, it's definitely a good one. I break it all down for you and I break it down from the move you got to make to the move I would you can make if you need the money kind of situation. But right now we're staring down $14 million, far less than what a lot of people thought. Um, and I find a way to get us to 30 million and that, ways that, that can under, get us to 50 million. Is that under the $208 million salary? Cap? Under the 208 million. I think the thing is like when they were breaking it all down and getting it all set up, people don't take into account all the dead money that's there and all the dead money that kicks in because like a guy like Jason Kelsey is owed $15 million or like $12 million, whether he's on the roster or not. So that cap hit changes if we re-sign him again and kick more dead money down the road. Same with like, uh, uh, who's another free agent, impending free agent. We have another impending free agent who has a ton of salary cap built up at the end of his contract too. So there's like these, those situations that people didn't take into account that these sites don't take into account until later on. So a lot of people were like, oh, we get like $40 million when realistically, once all the post-June 1st numbers and everything kicks in, really it's not as pretty. And that $14 million doesn't take into account the uh, draft picks. Because the draft picks, any draft pick that fits under the top 51 is going to automatically knock out the bottom ones that are currently sitting at like 825000 So really, we're staring down more of like $5 million in cap. So, well, um, but, but I find Rose, ways to get Howie it much Rose better. Is, if Howie Roseman is good at one thing, and this is probably the only thing he's good at, it's circumventing the cap. He did it going into this year. So like, they'll have plenty. They'll be able to make moves. Um, and obviously, you know, you'll want to use your draft picks probably to build up the defense, but that's something that we will talk about, um, as we hit the off season, because the Philadelphia Eagles have a shot at the playoffs. They're six and seven right now. They are sitting in the eighth playoff, the eighth seed or eighth spot in the NFC. Um, didn't get help last week as, as, as Washington was able to win. And if Washington would have lost, the Eagles would have been up into the seventh spot, I think, but. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that Washington-Dallas game as well. But let's go back to last week's game. Gardner Minshew did what he was expected to do against a pretty bad Jets team. But the one thing that I really hated all week that people were saying, and I don't know about you, is it's just the Jets. Well, Jalen Hurts looked crappy against just the Giants. He didn't look that good against the Giants. They scored seven points, even though they ran for 250 yards. So, look, the, the offense ran better when it came to the passing game. Um, because Gardner Minshew 
reads the field better than Jalen Hurts. Gardner, I'm not Gardner Minshew is not as athletic as Jalen Hurts. We know we know the athletic ability that Hurts is able to possess and and what he does on the field. But when it comes to throwing the football, Gardner Minshew is a better throwing quarterback than Jalen Hurts, and he showed it last week. There were throws that that um that Minshew may have made, and they were probably simple throws that Jalen Hurts just wouldn't have. He would have saw one read, and then he probably would have took off running. So that's one thing that I give credit to Gardner Minshew. You know, <laughs> and and just the way he is, he's such a likable guy, Connor. I, I, that's why I think um, Jacksonville had to get rid of him because obviously they had Trevor Lawrence as the number one overall pick, and he he was going to struggle. Most you know rookie quarterbacks come in and struggle, but with a likable backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew, that Jacksonville fan base, if there is one, would have been calling for Minshew. Um, and, and that would have been bad for Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, you got to give Howie credit for trading just a sixth round pick for him. And there's been reports that Minshew could, you know, draw trade interest from teams this, this off season. If Howie wants to try and go and get another draft pick, even though I think I might keep Gardner Minshew. I think he'd be a, a perfect backup to, to whoever the court starting quarterback is going to be. Is it going to be Jalen Hurts? Probably. But if they go out and, and trade for a Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, or or a rookie, or you know, trade a, draft, draft a rookie quarterback, which I hope they don't do, Gardner Mitchell will be a great backup quarterback for this team to keep and and at a cheap price. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did see those reports as well about Minshew that some people, some teams see him as like a, a mid-level starter or a, a middle-tier starter or a, a high-end backup, which we know the value of a really good backup in this league. We've seen it. Um, and if there there is no fan base that loves their backup quarterbacks more than the Philadelphia Eagles fan base. So, of course, keeping Gardner Minshew in the fold would be great. But if the rumors are true about teams calling and the value that they have on him as a mid-round pick, if you're able to turn a a Gardner Minshew, you got him for a sixth and you have the ability to turn him into the minimal, I would it would have to be a third. If I could get a third out of Gardner Minshew, I would pull the trigger on that type of trade all day, every day, because mm-hmm. I'm sure that Howie can go out and find himself another backup quarterback who's not... Well, we say who won't create controversy, but we know any backup quarterback automatically creates controversy in in Philadelphia. But it, I mean, you got to get top value for him. That's the thing. If you're going to do it, you got to make sure you're getting top value. If a mid-round pick is what people are going to get and you're going to settle for a fifth, not worth it. Fourth, I don't think it's worth it. You got to get like a third or a desperate team who's prepared to shoot maybe a late second or something at you. Sure, I would definitely look at at a move like that, but you got to get your top end value. If not, it's a cheap backup and a very reliable backup at that if the situation continues to to remain the same with Jalen Hurts next season if we decide to go forward with Jalen Hurts. Um, And of course, you know, there's also the rumors going around that maybe Howie will look to turn one, two, or, well, one or two of those picks this season uh, into draft capital for next season because it's a way way better quarterback draft class and say that you can end up getting, say you roll with Jalen Hurts one more year, things don't work out. I am I way happier staring down C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and the likes of that than Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral. I'm way more comfortable 
considering drafting in 2023 out of that quarterback class rather than drafting out of the 2022. But this is a really good defensive class. So, you know, it kind of weighs both ways. Do you want to really start to build the team for the future, especially on the defensive side of the ball? Or do you want to kick the can down the road one more year, see what you got in Jalen Hurts, and then next year, if you get the true answers you need out of Jalen Hurts, then you can move on and start really building. But it's such a good defensive class that I almost find it really hard. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I feel that is definitely going to happen is how he's going to trade one of those first-round picks. There's no way he makes three. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's self-preservation. He's going to want to pick up another first-round pick for for next year, and then that that he can go to how – if if, you know, the Eagles don't make the playoffs this year and then next year happens to knock it off to a great start and the Eagles miss the playoffs again, he can go to, to how or to Jeffrey Lurie and be like, we have another, we have another couple of first round picks. Um, we can, you know, possibly draft our quarterback in the future next year because the, the, the crop of the crop of quarterbacks, like you mentioned, is going to be a lot stronger next year than it is this year. So let me do what I have to do uh, to, to build the scene, which is annoying as hell because, He's not good. He, he's a terror. I want want somebody that's a football guy. I want somebody to run the football operations. How we can stay on on the financial side, the business side of the organization, handle the cap and handle all that. But I want somebody else to make the football decisions because I don't trust him. I don't trust Howie to make those decisions. And I'm, I know I'm not the only one. I know there are a lot of people out there that feel the same way. Um, I'm hoping that, that 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 becomes the case, but you know, highly doubt it. Um, so, so look, you know, there was all the talk coming in that, that Kayvon Thibodeau was going to be the number one overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson might be the number one overall pick um, in this draft. So, you know, the Texans or the Lions are going to have a lot, like a lot to think about, um, you know, when, when they're at the top of the top of the draft. And what we thought the Eagles would have three top 10 first round picks. Well, mm-hmm. well it looks like it's not looking that way. <laughs> um, it's looking like they're going to have three top 17, 18 picks. Who knows? Um, with all three being in like the 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 range, um, somewhere like that. But, you know, going back to the, to the, to the last game, Connor. Yeah, definitely. I, I do want to add my uh, my input there on the Gardner Minshew thing. I think this game meant more if Jalen Hurts played and messed it up again than it meant that Gardner Minshew played and got the win. Because if Jalen Hurts goes into this game, injury or not, and fails again like he did against the Giants, then you have a serious question and some serious decisions to make. Whereas the Gardner Minshew thing, when you look at it statistically, I understand the Giants are a very bad football team as well. The Jets literally defensively ranked in the bottom three, usually two in the entire league across the board. This was a game that would have said a lot more about Jalen Hurts if he had failed than it says about Gardner Minshew in the situation with Jalen Hurts and who should be the starting quarterback going forward. Jalen Hurts, no matter what, had to be the starting quarterback going forward, and we need to figure out, solve the answers now rather than go forward with Gardner Minshew. And I understand, like, there's some people that I've talked to who they're like, well, wouldn't logic dictate try and trade Jalen Hurts? Instead of Gar- trade Gardner Minshew, start Gardner Minshew next season and and like, you know, kind of figure out what you want to do at the quarterback position there because Jalen Hurts probably has value this year. 
But how much do you draw back on that value if you sit Jalen Hurts and say, we don't have confidence in Jalen Hurts, and you take him out for the rest of the year? And this guy said, well, what about self-preservation from injury? And it's like, but he, you could say it that way, but I think the league looks at it more as you're not preserving him from an injury. You're preserving, you, you, you're not confident in him. You don't like him as your starting quarterback. So that's well, my thoughts well, on the Gardner Minshew. Well, that's my is, stance on you it. Could said the same, you could have said the same thing last year about Carson Wentz, and they ended up getting a first round, which after he plays next week, you know, a quarter or something, what will be a first round pick. So, like, I get what you're saying. I, you know, I think what it comes down to is that neither Hurts or Minshew are a long-term franchise quarterback. Um, you know, the, who has the best opportunity to turn in one? Probably Hurts. But I think last week, and look, I, again, I am tired of the, it's just the Jets because we've seen, we've seen Hurts against just the Giants. Like, he, he didn't perform well against the Giants. There are teams that he hasn't performed well that you would have thought he would have performed well against. And, yeah, he can run the football. But I, I've said time and time again, you're not going to win a championship running the football. Again, the Eagles against the Giants ran for 240-something yards and scored seven points. Last week against the Jets, yes, just the Jets, they still ran for over 180 yards. But they also had a quarterback that completed 80% of his passes. And he was, you know, and that forced the defense to respect the passing game. You couldn't just put seven, eight guys in the box, you know, and hope you take away the first read right away and then force the quarterback to run or try to force them in to keep them into the pocket. And, you know, he, he won't be able to throw an accurate pass. That's the one thing Minshew was able to do last week. He was able to throw accurate passes when needed to. And I think if giving the opportunity to go forward, we would see more out of Sirianni's offense because Minshew can throw the ball more. Obviously the Eagles are going to stay or, you know, go with and stay with Hurts because they should. You want to know what you have out of them. But it's not bad if if you, against Washington next week Hurts starts off bad and you have him on a short leash and you bring in Minshew because Minshew can do more throwing the ball than Hurts can do right now in his career. I just I just hope really for the sake because I hate the, that Dallas Cowboys guy who called out the Philadelphia fan base and the fact that there's a lot that the former Dallas Cowboy who's a, a media personality now I just hope at some point because you know that like everyone's like oh don't listen to him he's a Dallas Cowboy a former Dallas Cowboy of course he's going to say that about us no 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 he's not the only one who thinks this about us I really hope we can move on from this weird love that we have for backup quarterbacks and it's not don't don't get it it's never probably never going to happen but don't give i'm the guy who still thinks we should we moved on from carson wentz too soon but the situation got too dire and frank reich said i i know what he's capable of i i can take him and i can run with the colts and i think we can do something and look what they're doing they're doing something they're running with it and carson wentz is looking like a far more capable quarterback this year than he looked like last year and now here we are again jalen hurts has a bunch of good games and and people start to believe in him and the fan base is starting to get on his side. He has one bad game and suddenly, and then of course the injury came at such a terrible time because then Gardner Minshew comes in, plays an incredible game and everybody's losing their mind saying, well, we got to go Gardner Minshew, right? Um, and not to discount anything about Gardner Minshew's game. It was a good game. It was a highly accurate game. Um, and he hit the big play when he needed to hit the big play, but he did throw for 
I think it was four passes for over 10 yards. You're not going to live and die on that type of offense either. Let's just face it. It was a pretty dumbed down Eagles offense to help Gardner Minshew. And he was able to, yes, he was able to make connections. But just like you're not going to be able to run for 200 yards and win a championship, you're not going to be able to pass with an average A dot of like five yards per game and win a championship either. You won't, but I also think that that was the game plan put forward. I think if it was made that Gardner Minshew would be the starter, which I'm not saying it is, we would see more downfield throws. Now, I'm not saying that Minshew has a great arm because he he doesn't. Um, but, again, I think that the game plan for last week called for just because, again, it was just the Jets, and we know their secondary is pretty bad. That's what it called for in the Eagles. Eagles didn't have to go out and do anything spectacular last week. But I think if it was – against a um sorry about that if it was against another opponent in which he was i don't want to say forced but had to go down the field then i would have more confidence in gartner Minshew to do that than jalen hurts again yeah, i mean i do i do want to point out also like on those plays to dallas goddard where he did go for over 10 or over 15 yards Against any other secondary, those are picks, man. Those were floated out there with a light touch. And, like, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, boy, that's a scary play if if it's any almost any other secondary in the NFL. Because they were lightly thrown and they were floated out there. And, of well, course, was it was a Dallas Goddard ball. Like, you, you put faith in Dallas Goddard and he made the plays. Those are Dallas Goddard throws. I think it was more circumstance than anything because – because he was open, he didn't have to put mm-hmm. he didn't have to put anything on the ball. He could just lob it out to Definitely. him and it would get to him. A different, you know, defense. Maybe Minshew puts a little more open to it. Obviously we don't know because that wasn't the circumstances that were presented to the Eagles at that point in time. But still, I say circumstances that dictated it. Look, Hertz has a when it comes to a more powerful arm, I would say. But when it comes to accuracy, that is Minshew. They both have their different – if we could just combine the two, we That's would be fine. I was just going to say that. If you can combine the <laughs> accuracy, you can, combine, you can combine the arm and then the lag, like take some of Minshew, some of Hurts, slow it down a little bit, you know, because yeah. obviously if you're taking bits and pieces and he's a bit slower, a little bit less athletic, I'd still take that combination of a quarterback over one or the other specifically at this very moment. Yeah, and, and and this is why, again, this is why the Philadelphia Eagles are always going to be brought up in rumors for a, a legit franchise quarterback until those quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, until they are on either commit committed to the team that th- they are on or until they get traded. So that that's that's what's gonna happen. Like it's it's always the Eagles are always going to be brought up in you know, we, we're gonna mm-hmm. have to live with we're gonna have to live with that fact. Yeah, and the only other thing I, I would like to point out offensively before we flip to the defensive side of the ball would be I hope he took notes in regard to how to use Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts, because that was oh, yeah. just an absolute perfect game um, that by Dallas Goddard and the connection between him and Gardner Minshew. But that connection, they weren't complicated passes. They were screen passes. They were wide open passes that, that Gardner Minshew saw the field, saw the target. Unlike the week prior where Jalen Hurts missed the wide open target like Devonta Smith on a couple of occasions. 
Like, it's just simple. Sometimes you take the simple pass. Sometimes you take the shot like he took. And that was just a perfect game and connection between Minshew and Goddard. It is a shame what, with Devontae Smith, though. He did see four targets, only turned it into two for 15. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Devontae Smith continue to get used more. I just don't think that the offensive flow game plan dictated that this week and then in the weeks prior when it's Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts just isn't seeing Devonta Smith and it's a shame because this guy needs to see the ball more there is no reason Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith combined do not combine for over half the targets week in week out no questions asked and it also doesn't help that they don't have another um they don't have a legit number two two receiver to help Devonta Smith Jalen Rager's not that guy he I don't it, it, I know we, we, we shouldn't do this, but when you look at the, the stat line for Justin Jefferson last week and the stat line for Jalen Rager, Jefferson had, what, 170 yards receiving? J- J- Rager had seven. Um, Rager also muffed a, a, kick, a punt or a kickoff when he thought it was going to go into the end zone. I was on that. I was at that end zone, and it bounced at, like, the two-yard line. He had to pick <laughs> it up, and they started off in bad, bad, bad territory. Like, but and then I think it was it was either the punt I think it was the punt when he muffed and actually had a decent return. It actually brought back memories of Deshaun Jackson's miracle at the Meadowland. I thought that that might happen, but you know it is Jalen Rager, so it doesn't shock me. But like they needed again, they should have went out and got a veteran receiver, somebody that could be a legit number two to to Devontae Smith because that is not Jalen Hurts. Quez Watkins isn't the guy either. As much he's better than than Rager. Um, yeah, um, Watkins is better than Rager. Watkins should be starting over Rager, but they need to have somebody else that could help Smith. Like Smith is doing all he can do, but but when he's the legit only, the only you know receiving option at, at the wide receiver position, of course they're going to put a safety over the top and double him so that he doesn't beat you. They're going to force Rager to beat you, force Ward to beat you, force Watkins to beat you, and they're, they're not good enough to do that right now. And I'm just hoping that the Eagles are able in this offseason – to go out and get a legit number two receiver like an Allen Robinson that could take some of the pressure off of Devontae Smith. Agreed there. I mean, we we invested in in Smith. We invested in Rager with first round picks. Watkins is young. Um, it's it's time to leave the draft room for a wide receiver. You have to at this point. You need to get someone who can complement these guys. You need to get somebody who can support these guys and be somebody that they can lean on. And this is going to be a huge offseason because you got a lot of free agent quarter uh, wide receivers coming out. We have money. We have the ability to create more cap space for more money for a wide receiver. And you look at Gallup, you look at Mike Williams, even a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. Some of these guys are names to keep an eye on. Some of these guys are names that how he has to be reaching out for uh, Chris Godwin even like these are guys that definitely would elevate this offense so much more than investing through the draft in a wide receiver again I know they have a lot of faith uh, be at the beginning of the season they had they said they had a lot of faith in this wide receiver room and they've shown there's reason to have faith but beyond Devonta Smith they are all very one-dimensional or very low number of dimensions. Quez Watkins, he's uh, he's in either screen and let me do it myself or a long, throw it long and hopefully I catch it type of guy. Jalen Rager can literally only work from behind the line of scrimmage to about five yards out and no more. Um, and Devonta Smith is really the only one who can do it all, but he can't do it all himself. That's where you need that second wide receiver. But Watkins and Rager are perfect three and four guys. Um to have 
but they're not the number two and they'll never be the number two. So this is a year that you don't really need to look at the uh, wide receivers in the draft. You look towards the wide receivers through free agency. You get a veteran presence. You get a guy with experience and you definitely get the opportunity to really improve that wide receiver two position. Um, I, I guess the only other thing before we move on from this week is what you thought about the defense. I mean, at the start of the game, it was looking ugly. I mean, you must have been shaking in your boots watching that defense when the Jets scored on their first three drives. I wasn't shaking, but I was very frustrated because it seemed like um, Gannon wasn't making any adjustments. Um, and then that first, the first, the, the Barrios opening kickoff return that went oh, 79 yeah. yards. Barrios caught it right in front of me and then took it off the other way. I, was, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, like the, it was, it was just frustrating because it felt like none, no adjustments, Marie. But after the second half, you Gannon deserves credit. And again, Zach Wilson isn't a good quarterback, and I don't think Zach Wilson will be a good NFL quarterback. I didn't have an, I didn't like him coming out of college, and I don't like him now. But um, so you knew he, he was bound to make a mistake. Um, he did miss a couple of throws. Um, his, his receivers also dropped a couple of passes, so that so that didn't help. But but again, the Eagles defense does deserve some credit because they were able to adjust in the second half and kind of d- d- the Jets couldn't do anything pretty much in the second half or after those first three scoring drives. So um, it was, again, early on, very, very frustrating. Very frustrating just because again, it's the Jets. The Jets' aren't, offense isn't that good. Do they have some weapons? Sure, Elijah Moore's good. But other than him, I, they didn't have Michael Carter, the running back. Um, so uh, Ty Johnson was, was the, was the running back, I, I believe. Um, but yeah, so like if, if, if it's not going to be Eli Moore, that's going to beat you, you shouldn't let anybody else. And unfortunately the Eagles kind of got, they stumbled out of the blocks, but, but again, they made some, um, adjustments and, and they were able to, to, to come away with the victory. Like everybody thought they were, were, uh, be able to, again, the Jets are, have never beaten Eagles. It's not, Eagles are now 12 and 0 and, um, so the next time they see them, which I think is going to be in 2023 in back at MetLife, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if Zach Wilson and Eli Moore and Michael Carter and Makai Becton will be back. And will they be able to, 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 to resemble a football team, but the Eagles defense has to play better, you know, Washington, Taylor Heineke and that offense, like they're better than the Jets. Uh, the Giants are. I don't know about offensively if they're better than the Jets, but like Daniel Jones is bad. Like you just have to be able to to stop these opponents, these weaker opponents, and not allow them to to get any confidence, which the Giants sort of kind of did, especially when your quarterback's turning the ball over four times, um, or not your quarterback, but the offense is turning the ball over four times, um, and then you're forcing your defense into a short field. So we'll, we'll see. But again, it was just frustrating, but happy with the way it ended. That's my long-winded answer on that. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. I agree. At the beginning, I was like, oh, man, we're really going to go into a shootout with the New York Jets, whose offense is one of the worst, whose defense is the worst. And and we're actually going to go shot for shot with them. And it was nice to see that, it, you know, it was just those first three drives. And then things really turned around, whether it was defensively, we changed things or whether it was just, you know, you knew the Jets couldn't sustain that. You knew Zach Wilson couldn't sustain that type of offense for the rest of the game. Um, but was, one thing stood out to me, I guess, like Josh, what? 
he's going to have his games. He's going to have his moments. I think he's one of those guys on the edge who may never provide that consistency, but he mm-hmm. he's not going to provide insane inconsistency like Derek Barnett, who were hating with every day. And I mean, he did it. He got two quarterback hits. He had one and a half sacks. He had a tackle for a loss last week. That's what you need to do. Josh Sweat had a decent game against a really bad offensive line against a really bad offense. And that was one of the things I wrote about in my preview piece. You need to be able to get after Zach Wilson. You had to be able to this week. There's very few weeks that you can sit there and write home about that. This is a week you got to get that guy. This was a week they had to get that guy, Josh Sweat, did. And to me, Derek Barnett, literally one tackle in all, almost no pressures to his name last week. He's literally writing himself out of Philadelphia with every passing day, um, every passing yeah, week, every shame. passing it's, game. It's a shame that Brandon Graham got hurt because if Brandon Graham wasn't hurt, then we, he might be out of the game plan. Like He might only be coming in on a, a certain packages and I think the ends would be Sweat and Graham with Hargrave and Cox in the middle because, like you just said, Agreed. Barnett is he, – he's playing his way out of Philly if he isn't already out of Philly. Like, they're paying him a lot of money. He's got more more penalties than he has sacks, and that just can't happen. So, hopefully, like, if if they bring him back, I, I think I won't be the only one. We'll, we'll, there'll be a lot of disappointed people in Philly because he doesn't deserve to be back. Um, and he just hasn't produced enough to warrant another contract. Yeah, I think it's kind of become abundantly clear. If you're going to be on the Eagles next year, Howie was likely going to get you, like a big name, he was likely going to get you this year. So, because mm-hmm. he did it with Avante Maddox, he did it with Jordan Mailata, he he did it with Josh Sweat. If he saw you as a part of the future plans and you were a big name, he would, like Alex Singleton, I think there's still a chance he gets re-signed, but that'll be in the offseason, and he'll deal with it when he's staring down the linebacker position and what he plans to do with that position. But Derek Barnett is a name that you were either getting re-signed this, uh, this season or you were going to get your extension like these guys, or you're not going to get your extension. And I think at this point now, Derek Barnett's not getting that extension. And it would take a miraculous shift. Like we're talking like finish a season with like two sacks a game, bunch of pressures and quarterback hits and showing a dramatic shift in his game, which definitely isn't happening. Um, The only other name, I guess I would point out that I was impressed with was Marcus Epps. He had the interception. He's playing extremely well. The only thing is, He's not a start in safety, well, but he is an awesome number three. I've noticed, though, that he's been playing more than Rodney McLeod. McLeod hasn't been on the field. It's been Harrison Epps um, It's safety mm-hmm. for most, especially last week, most of the game. Um, still don't know what's up with Kavon Wallace, thinking you know, we had high hopes for him when we drafted him. Um, and, and Schwartz obviously didn't like him, and I thought maybe he would have more of a role under, under Gannon, but I, we don't see it. But, yeah, I mean – I don't know what's up with McLeod. I thought, obviously, coming off of ACL, it, it takes time for him to get back to to the groove and, and to what he, the way he was before the injury. But Epps is, is yeah, he, you know, again, like you said, he's not a starting caliber safety, but as a, as a third rotational guy, I mean, he had the pick last week. He, he can play. 
But that's going to be. And he hits hard, man. When he and... tackles, like he's. He reminds me of Maddox. When he hits somebody, he he tackles him. He takes him down. He's got one of the lower missed tackle percentages on this team, which, I mean, in some ways is pretty easy to do generally. But the fact that he's able to make the tackles and stuff like that, like if there's a couple guys on this defense that I have 100% or near 100% confidence in them landing the tackle and stopping that guy in their tracks, it's Marcus Epps and Avante Maddox. Yeah, I can see that. Even Darius Slay. Darius Slay is yeah, Darius so, Slay. So really yeah, I get. I guess I was trying to point out the last obvious okay, yeah, name, that, but uh, that makes sense. But and but and yeah. maybe maybe Epps is playing more because maybe this is Gannon saying, all right, because I think McLeod's a free agent this year, so I think it's yeah. like maybe it's him saying, all right, Howie, unless he wants to take a super team friendly deal, bring Epps back, address the safety position in other ways, but Epps is you know. He's a guy you can trust. He's a guy I want in my defense. I can make him work in my defense. Rodney McLeod, he's a free agent. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Kind of trying to hint to how he get a team-friendly deal or take him out. But let's address his, let's hook elsewhere at the safety position. I would but love, Marcus Epps is serviceable. I would love uh, Quandre Diggs from the Seahawks if he doesn't resign with them, which I don't think he will. Um, I, think I don't think we, many guys are going back there. Yeah, but I would love Quandre Diggs to come over here to play some safety. Um, and be, be the leader of our, our secondary. That would be fun. Um, and we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, uh, try to finish off last, um, off that game. You got to give the Eagles a lot of credit. Got to give Gardner Minshew a lot of credit. Give Gannon and that defense a lot of credit for the um, for the um, uh, adjustments they made after those first three scoring drives by, by the Jets. Um, and now the Eagles going forward, four games left, four NFC East games, three at home, one on the road in Washington. They're right now. They're the eighth seed in the NFC, um, and anything is possible. Obviously, we thought this year was going to be a growing year for the Eagles, and it is to a certain extent. But now the playoffs are right there. The playoffs are right there. So we'll see what happens for the Eagles. They cannot have a letdown. They have to at, at worst go three and one in these final four games. That gets you to nine and eight if you go three and one. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens, uh, especially around the the, the division, uh, because Washington has a bunch of division games left. Dallas has a bunch of division games left. So we'll see what happens. But the Eagles have a chance to make a run at the playoffs. Hundred uh, percent. We definitely have a chance. Like you said, you definitely need to get three of the next four. Um, I mean, we were kind of talking pre-show. Like, are you really cheering for Dallas this week? Oh, well, and the, yeah, the opportunity. Don't spoil that. We're going to finish off with that. <laughs> Perfect. But like, you know, like three and four, like the way the NFC shaking out is so you just don't know from week to week. So you got to get three or four, four, four would be perfect. I think four, four lands you in a playoff spot. But like, wins, yeah. There's so much every single week. There's so much shifting for that seven spot and that six spot. Uh, actually, I think it's just a seven spot. I think the six spots have run away this five and the no, six spot. The five, it's not right five, away. Okay, perfect. the five spots to run away right now, Washington is six at six and six, and San Francisco is seventh at six and six. So perfect. See, so there's like two spots up for grabs. So if you can get three or four, odds are good. If you can get four or four, I think you're almost locked in. But the yeah. NFC, it's always been like they like the Lions still have a chance. Like well, there was they broke down there was a breakdown of how the Lions can get like in right one, now. And the fact that we're this chance. late is crazy. Yeah, they have like because only one team has been eliminated, and that's Houston and the AFC. Um, but yeah, the Lions have like a one in two tr- trillion chance. But 
going into their games this week, they have 20 players, six, seven just got tested positive for COVID. I think Jared Goff might be one of them. I'm not 100% sure. So they're not beating whoever they play today. Yeah, they have like, they had a ton. Like it's six, and then I guess they have 12 other guys who have a non COVID related illness or something. It's like, holy boys, what is going on? Only in Detroit. Yeah, that's bad in Detroit. So their playoff, they'll be eliminated from playoff contention after they lose this week. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know who they play this week, but it doesn't really matter. I'm glad, by the way, that them beating the Vikings, only the Vikings, by the way, can beat Washington, or excuse me, beat Green Bay one week, lose to Detroit the next week, and then beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. But blow, like, but blow a massive lead. They were up like 29 nothing. nothing, Yeah. They, they're the only – I think they're one of the only teams in NFL history. They've led every, every game, game by at least yeah. seven points. Yep. And they have blown almost – they've blown so many – the record does not depict a team that's been, you know, leading every game by seven points. Like, oh, I, no, no, Only no. Minnesota – like, it, if they don't make the playoffs, like, Zim, Zimmer's got to be gone. You've given well, them all and, the time you can. And Kirk Cousins is like, got, what, 25 touchdowns and four interceptions or something so like that? So underrated a, a, and he's such terrible, a waste. He's a, he's a terrible Cousins. quarterback. He's a terrible quarterback. Like, he, he's he's not good at all. Uh, he, he's, he has played the system correctly, by the way. But, like, he has played 100%. the system to get all the money, all the money that he has gotten that he has not deserved. Getting all those, um, the, 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 um, the, the, uh, what the hell is it called? The, the the tag getting the franchise tag from Washington a couple of times and then going out and getting the guaranteed fully guaranteed contract from Minnesota because Minnesota thought that they would after going to the NFC Championship game with um with what's his face um why can't I remember the quarterback that that the Eagles destroyed um whatever he's in he's in Cleveland now but um their their old quarterback they thought all they were that they were just a quarterback away from you know, being Super Bowl contenders and that quarterback that they got is Kirk Cousins. And now they're going to be wasting away Justin Jefferson until they can get themselves a legit, uh, a legit quarterback. Um, but let's move on to our unheralded player of week 13 in the NFL um, before we get to our final segment, which, you know, there's no Eagles game this week. So we're going to talk about something a little bit different this week. But I'll, I guess I'll go first. My unheralded player, I'm going with, with Gardner. 20 to 25, 242, couple touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. Um, you know, he deserves a lot of credit um, for coming in there. And yes, I know it's just the Jets, but he went out, executed the game plan, and the Eagles were able to win by, you know, by by two scores and still keep their slim playoff hopes alive. So I'm I'm going Gardner Minshew with my unheralded player of the week. I like it. Um, I got Jalen Guyton out of the uh, L.A. Chargers. Uh, the Chargers beat the Bengals 41-22. They're 7-5, and five, keeping their playoff hopes alive in an ultra-aggressive AFC uh, playoff race. Uh, he went uh, four targets, four receptions for 90 yards and a touchdown. Um, earlier in the year, uh, we on my fantasy football podcast we have a emerging star piece that we do every couple of weeks and Jalen Guyton was one of my very first ones that I used because I really liked what I saw from him last year really good size really great speed could provide the guy that they need to be able to say goodbye to Mike Williams and make it a bit easier to move on from Mike Williams 
Um, and obviously this week he's going to have another really good opportunity because Keenan Allen's out on the COVID list. Mike Williams is in, but that leaves Jalen Guyton as likely the second option with uh, Mike Williams there as the primary option. Really Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, and Jalen Guyton. But um, it really gives him another opportunity to really prove himself if he can see the targets and get in Justin Herbert's good books. Um, it'll make a lot, make the cushion the blow for the Chargers if they lose Mike Williams in free agency, which is likely true because I think the Chargers are one of five teams next year currently staring down a negative salary cap. So, um, likely gonna have to say goodbye to Mike Williams. So, Mike, Mike Williams wouldn't look bad in Eagles green, too. Uh, that'd be a nice Agreed. number two. That'd be a Agreed. nice number two receiver to have. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, sorry. So you get Guyton. I got Gartner Minshew. All right, we're gonna move to our last topic. Oh, speaking of fantasy football, before before I get onto that, tell me why I have Daryl Henderson and Elijah Mitchell, my two stalwart running backs, and they're both hurt this week. I have like no backup running backs to start. It's so terrible. I'm not happy. With that is that is like the story of this year, like injuries and COVID, and it it just destroyed mostly the running back position. Weirdly enough. And right, right now, so in my league, we only have to start one running back, and I just don't have – I have Devin Singletary. Like, they're going up against Tampa. They don't run the ball. Like, Tampa's really good at stopping a run. Buffalo's not going to really run the ball. I also – I picked up – I have Latavius Murray as well, but I don't even know if he's healthy enough, and, and Freeman seems to be the guy now for, for them. I did pick up – now, I'm, I'm intrigued by this guy. Um, San Francisco's Jamichael Hasty. But I'm worried that Debo Samuel is going to get a lot of carries out of the backfield. Am I uh, am I wrong in thinking that, or should I start make start hasty? I hate San Francisco's backfield. It, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of like you know uh, Bill Belichick and how the Patriots run it, and oh, do you know what yeah. you're going to do on any on any given week if you own today. players? Um, but like I see it as like. Yeah, Debo's going to take some touches, but he never takes like dramatically high numbers of touches, but he takes a few touches. I mean, you could go Jeff Wilson, you could go Jamichael Hasty. I think at the end of the day, most of them are going to get very similar opportunities. It's just Jamichael Hasty strikes me more as a change of pace guy. So if it's like a point per reception format, you're likely staring down a far better situation with yeah, we're, we're Hasty. Not PBR. We're not PBR. But Jeff Wilson might be the better pick because I feel like he'd be he was the second guy to Elijah Mitchell. I don't so think he's like you said, anyway. D, Debo is like Debo is like the one like if with Elijah Mitchell out, is he suddenly going to spike to like 10, 12 touches out of the backfield? Because that's where, where he's been the most effective weapon for them. So. Yeah, it's an odd situation. Very weird circumstance to be staring down. But it feels like the running back position, people already hated it because, it's, you know, you get, it's it's got such a short shelf life and the injuries. And then this year, it just feels like COVID and injuries have just slaughtered the position beyond repair. So, yeah, fortunately, I've clinched with this. This is the last week of the regular season for us. And I've clinched a playoff berth. If I win, I clinch a first round bye. And that's my only worry. Like, so I'm. I, I have the playoffs clinched up, so we'll end up. We'll see what happens, but <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, yeah. All right, going into our final se- segment, the the big game of the weekend for the Philadelphia Eagles for Philadelphia Eagles fans, the Washington Football Team hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And me and you talked before we came on, and I asked the one question: Do we really have to root for the Cowboys? Are and are you going to root for the Cowboys? 
And your answer was? Yes, because I wanted I, I because basically the only way we're in to win the division is to literally win out and have Dallas pretty much lose out. So I'm trying to I'm trying to picture the best way to get us into the playoffs because as we know, once you're in, who knows what's going to happen? Even though we'd probably be one of the weaker teams in the NFC making it in, you never know what's going to happen, and we've seen it so many times before. So I'm just trying to picture the best way for us to get in. So I want anyone around, sitting, staring down the wild card to lose but I understand that does come at the cost of cheering for my most hated team in the NFL. Yeah, my answer is hell no. <laughs> not just no, it's hell no. I will never, ever, ever root for Dallas. I don't care if it helps the Eagles. I, it's not in my blood. It's not in my nature. I can't root for them. I hate them with a passion. If there's one team I hate the most in all of sports, it's Dallas. The second team would be the Philadelphia 76 Philadelphia 76ers, but that's a different story for a different day. Um but yes, no, I will never, ever, 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 ever root for the Cowboys. Yeah, would it be better? Sure. But you also look at Dallas' schedule. They have Arizona after to, after Washington. To, they have Arizona. I don't know in what order, but you know they get Washington, Arizona, the Giants, and the Eagles. I think that sounds about right. After after their game against Washington this week. So, is there a potential there for? Even if Dallas were to win this week, to lose three or four down the road, potentially. Um, look, the Eagles still have a shot at, at, at a playoff berth. And, like, we all know what's going to happen to Dallas if they make the playoffs anyway. They're going to lose their first playoff game because they've been irrelevant for 25 years. Um, and they'll always be irrelevant. So, for the, I, I don't see them ever winning another Super Bowl. So, as long as Jerry Jones is owning the team, that is. But I will never, ever, 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 I don't know how many ever that is, root for the Dallas Cowboys. Will not happen. I, I respect know. it. See, I, I can definitely respect it and 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 all that. I just want to picture the easiest, clearest path to the playoffs for us, and it has it has me for one in every like ten years having to deal with cheering for. Really, I won't be cheering. I'll just be watching <laughs> and I'll be sitting there saying, "Well, this I'm sucks. really rooting for impending doom." But, like, we both know that that's not going to happen. So no. I, I'd much rather – and if – I'd much rather Washington win and let their fans be happy than these fraudulent cockroach cow turd fans be happy. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. <laughs> I like it. Listen, I like it. I like it. Um, but before you do – before you wrap everything up, just, again, just want to shout out our partners over at Fight Philly Fight Network. Keep an eye out for my article. It should be out here within the next – 24 hours and it's five things that the that Howie needs to do as soon as the season ends to circumvent the salary cap situation that we have um and uh that's at fightphillyfightnetwork.com and you can follow them on twitter at fpf network and also make sure to check out our sponsors over at betus um betus.com uh, um and tell them that the kelly green hour sent you by using the promo code fpf network uh, at your first deposit, and when you do so, you'll receive a 125% sign-in bonus. Yes, so go out there and try to make some money. Feels a lot better to make money when you know you don't have to watch the Eagles. Just the <laughs> stress, your stress level, you, you feel like you're gaining years on your life, and you're feeling good, and then you realize, you know, Monday morning you wake up and you're like, all right, well, it's... uh. It's uh, Eagles game week again. So here we go again. 
yeah, and we get the, to watch. It's going to be a nice red zone day today. Watch red zone. Um, keep keep track of your fantasy football teams, and, and let's see how uh, to, how this week uh, plays out before the Eagles host the Washington football team next week as we wrap up the final. We hit the final four weeks of the 2021 NFL season, a season that has gone by way, 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 way too fast. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. And follow me on Twitter at LJ Harrell. 54, we'll be back next week to get you ready for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team as the Eagles head down the home stretch of the 2021 NFL season. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. Fly, Eagles, fly.